Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, praise the Lord, dear sisters, uh, all you from the Boston area churches, and uh, you all in Newton, I understand. Um, uh, here I am in a uh, undisclosed location. <laughs> Actually, I am uh, north of the border in Canada, in uh, Van- uh, in Vancouver, and uh, this is uh, a hotel room that I'm in. But uh, 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 thank the Lord for technology; uh, we're able to uh, fellowship still uh, over the internet in this kind of a way. Um, well, uh, today you are all going to just have, or we're just going to have one meeting uh, from 10 o'clock your time uh, till about noon, I believe. Uh, and then I think uh, you have some lunch and, uh, and that will be it. I think for the first time, um, uh, this would be quite good enough. As far as the future, uh, we have to look to the Lord and depending on the fellowship of the of the dear brothers uh, in the churches, we will see. Um, uh, I'm very very um, uh, excited uh, that we can have this uh, this fellowship together. Um, the, I do not know uh, uh, in your area in the uh, uh, Boston area. Uh, how often do you have uh, sisters' meetings, or uh, have you have uh, this kind of meetings before uh, over the years, over the decades? I, I have no idea. But uh, uh, since uh, a few years ago, uh, when the uh, the Lord uh, began a, um, a marvelous um, a good work. Uh, among us and even uh, among the churches there in New England area to do a kind of a work of uh, recovery, a kind of work of restoration, uh, a kind of work of even rebuilding. Um, the brothers have had much fellowship uh, and in that fellowship um, particularly recently, um, it became very, very clear to them, to us, that uh, whenever the Lord uh, wants to move, wants to advance, um, the sisters uh, must be on board, so to speak. Um, that is to say, the sister's role um, is critical uh, in the Lord's move, in the Lord's recovery. Now, once we touch this matter of sisters, um, this is a very, very big territory, a huge territory. And... Um, um, there are many, many things concerning sisters, 
concerning women, concerning female believers uh, in the Word of God, uh, both in the Old Testament as well as in the New. And uh, uh, over the years, um, uh, among us, uh, Brother Nee taking the lead, and then later on Brother Witness Lee uh, following him, and then so many brothers, uh, the servants of the Lord, uh, have addressed this very, very critical matter of the sister's role or the sister's function uh, in the Lord's move in his economy uh, in this age. There are just a, a lot of uh, even um, uh, messages in print um, that I would not hesitate at all to recommend to you. Uh, let me just, out of the top of my head, uh, mention a few. Uh, that these are things that I have not deliberately compiled, just uh, came to mind. Uh, for example, uh, just uh, in the life studies uh, of Witness Lee, in the very beginning in Genesis, uh, Brother Lee talked much about the man and the woman, uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, he talked about... Uh, that man should really be a woman. <laughs> In other words, should live a uh, woman's life or a female's life. How that God uh, ultimately wants a female or needs a female life to fulfill his eternal purpose. Uh, he talked about, uh, in one another life studies, he, he talked about Eve. Um, uh, how, in fact, you talk about the failure of Eve uh, by assuming uh, uh, the headship, by um, being out of her place, and therefore bringing in the fall of man. Uh, a very, very sobering word. It was there. Um, I now recall in the first messages in the life study of Exodus, uh, there, Brother Lee had a wonderful, wonderful message concerning the female life as seen in Moses' birth. Um, uh, they were, it's a beautiful and comprehensive picture of the sister's role uh, in the church life today, uh, starting with uh, Mo Moses' mother who gave birth to him and then uh, 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 Moses' uh, a sister, uh, who uh, introduced her, uh, I mean, uh, who, who uh, you may say rescue um, uh, Moses, or preserve Moses. Uh, then you have uh, Pharaoh's daughter, who um, uh, took in Moses and even educated him. Uh, you have also uh, uh, even uh, Pharaoh's uh, daughter's uh, maidservants uh, who also serve in this whole matter, and, and so on. The, the female life was depicted in a most marvelous way. Uh, I don't have the time. I would just like to recommend that to you uh, as well. 
and of course throughout uh, all the books uh, in the in the Old Testament, um, you have uh, talked about Miriam's failure. That is Moses' uh, sister in the flesh. Uh, in the, on the negative side, uh, later on you have um, uh, at the time of Judges Deborah. You have at the time of um, the degradation of Israel. You have Hannah. And that is Samuel's mother, whose prayer, according to God's uh, purpose, uh, has um, brought forth Samuel, one who changed the age. Um, uh, you have actually also Ruth, right? The book of Ruth, wonderful, wonderful uh, 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 book concerning this, uh, this dear one who was herself actually from a um, Gentile, not only Gentile, but from a very terrible uh, kind of a people, from a, a Moabite, right? Very, very terrible history. And yes, such a one eventually end up in the line of life uh, and even becoming a great, great grandmother of the Lord Jesus in the flesh. And you have that. Um, then, of course, you have uh, the famous Esther, right? Uh, in the book of Esther, um, all this in the Old Testament. You come to the New Testament, right? You have, of course, um, Elizabeth. Uh, you have Anna who prayed. Uh, even this uh, uh, precipitated the Lord's coming. You have, um, of course, Mary the Lord's mother in the flesh. Um, that is a whole line in itself. Um, then you have, of course, uh, all these women. And this morning, actually, I would like to dwell with you on these women in the New Testament who follow the Lord. Uh, then, uh, even after the Lord ascended, when the church life began, uh, there were numerous uh, sisters here and there in the church life that were uh, gained by the Lord and um, used by the Lord uh, very, very much in the church life. Example, the best example is probably um, uh, in the uh, epistle to the Romans, right? The famous last chapter, chapter 16, where Paul gave a lot of readings. And there... Um, you have um, um, a number of sisters, uh, starting with Phoebe, right, uh, of Sancria, uh, this deaconess. You have uh, uh, Prisca, who is uh, uh, Aquila's uh, wife, a very prominent uh, sister, even a co-worker of the Apostle Paul. Uh, you have Mary. You have the mother, Rufus, um, and uh, you have a sister named Persis. Uh, you have at least uh, five or six uh, sisters who were named by the apostle because they were not only dear to him, but they were considered useful to him and to the church there in Rome. Well, uh, dear sisters, all this you can find uh, in our writings. Uh, on top of this, you have also um, 
um, uh, Brother Nee, who have uh, who have spoken a number of places concerning sisters uh, in the context of marriage, right? The sister's position, the sister's role, the sister function as a spouse. Uh, you have, um, he has spoken even concerning motherhood, concerning sisters being the proper mothers. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot there in print. Uh, Brother Lee, uh, I, I would not hesitate at all to recommend to you um, uh, some of the classic, I consider classic messages by Brother Lee, now in the form of uh, little booklets. Uh, two come to mind, exceptional, and, and I would like to say you must read them, sisters. If there's an assignment I want to give for you today, this is it. Um, and one is called the uh, Serving Sisters in the Church Life. Uh, and then a companion little booklet is called The Loving Mothers in the Church Life, uh, both given by him back in the 70s. Uh, these two I consider as classic, absolutely classic. You, you, uh, no sister in the church uh, who has a heart uh, for the Lord, uh, to serve the Lord in the church, can uh, uh, do without reading these two. Uh, you have this also very, very famous, uh, small little, almost like a track, a booklet called the Six Marys. Six Marys in the New Testament, right? A very dear and lovely uh, little um, booklet. Well, uh, dear sisters, um, the, the, the writings are abundant. Uh, maybe what I should do is um, compile them and come up with a list for your reading. Just spend a year, spend a couple of years, spend maybe even longer, and repeatedly uh, study this uh, aspect of the ministry, uh, which is very, very rich. By the way, uh, it is not only for sisters. I tell you, all these messages for sisters are also for brothers, very much for brothers. I'm a brother, for sure, and uh, I love to read these messages. And the more I read them, the more I almost wish I, I'm a sister. Uh, um, I'm, I'm not joking. Uh, you, one begins to realize the, uh, the place, the important place, uh, and position and need uh, of a proper sister in the Lord and in the Lord's uh, purpose. Um, Brother, Lee, uh, Brother Lee once said this. He said, uh, and it's from one of these booklets, um, he said 70% of the building up of a church, a local church, depends on the sisters. Only 30% depends on the brothers. You think about that for a moment. Um, in fact, he said, if the sisters would function according to this view in a proper way, he said, I have no doubt that a revival will be brought in. 
Now, he didn't say this just out of the blue. He said this um, with it from experience. And the very experience that he was alluding to was his experience in Shanghai, the church in Shanghai back in the 1940s. Um, the church was quite devastated at one time uh, because of its some who dissented against uh, Brother Watchman Nee. So much so uh, that Brother Nee's ministry was halted or suspended for full six years. And during that time, during that time, uh, besides the brothers, there were some key sisters, uh, even some who were co-laborers of Brother Watchman Nee, who were instrumental in keeping the situation going on. Uh, the church was almost like closed, but these ones, uh, at the critical moments, just like so many figures, uh, female figures I mentioned to you just now uh, in this survey of the whole Bible on, on this line, became the critical ones at the critical times that continue this line of life, this line of God's economy among his people. That happened in Shanghai. And when um, uh, the Lord uh, recovered that church life, uh, and then eventually leading it to the resumption of Brother Watchman Nee's ministry in the late 40s. That was, that was very much due in part to some of the faithful sisters there. Um, in fact, some of these ones became the key supporting ones of Brother Witness Lee, whom the Lord used uh, in uh, restoring uh, a devastated and degraded situation. And um, uh, after Brother Nee's ministry was resumed, uh, a great revival was brought in, in Shanghai. And according to Witness Lee, that revival depended mostly on the sisters. Mostly on the sisters. He made a strong point about that. Uh, about the situation there through the sisters prayer the faithful sisters prayer through the sisters shepherding of the saints very very great matter shepherding of the saints through the sisters many hidden services in the church life that brought in a phenomenal uh, uh, revival uh, and uh, that uh, um, caused Brother Lee to say this, to say this. And I'll tell you, sisters, I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe that. Now, I'm looking at you, so many sisters from the churches there in the Boston area, uh, in Boston, in Newton, in Cambridge, I don't know if there's some from other churches in the nearby places. I'm looking at you right now. Now, maybe not all the sisters are there this morning, but I believe uh, you represent all the dear sisters in the churches there. 
I don't want to lay a burden on you. I don't certainly don't want to crush you with a uh, with some heavy sense of responsibility. But dear sisters, based on uh, these um, ministers of the Lord, uh, these senior co-workers among us, our dear brothers who have brought to us the Lord's recovery and who have much, much experience of the church life, and even based on our own experiences over the years, Sisters, I must say a very, very sober word to you, a very, very honest word to you that, and this is not to uh, uplift you, this is not to exalt you, uh, and I'm not doing anything political here uh, to gain the sisters' favor, uh, to just also make the sisters happy, to pat them on the back. I am absolutely not doing this. Today I'm here before the Lord and before you all uh, saying this in a most serious way. Dear sisters, the Lord's move among you in New England, in the churches there, in the Boston area, uh, depends very much on you. If I can use Brother Lee's percentages, 70%. 70%. This does not mean you become leading ones. You become elders. You become a prominent and visible in that kind of a way. No, not at all. Um, the brothers, the men, are still the head. They are the head of the woman, according to God's ordination, whether you and I like it or not. I know you're in Boston, a very enlightened place, uh, a, a bastion of uh, liberal philosophy. Um, uh, uh, I think I'll be stoned if I speak this in Harvard Square or something. <laughs> Here to denigrate the women, to subjugate them, to keep them under male oppression. You know, all these things you will learn from these women's studies and uh, women's lib and uh, radical feminism, all this kind of stuff. Well, we're not in that realm, are we? Sisters, we are not in that realm. Let's get out of that realm entirely. Uh, I'm afraid that uh, even uh, a vestige, uh, some maybe some remnant of this kind of worldly philosophy may still be lodged in your mind, um, uh, in the recesses of your uh, mentality somewhere. Sisters, I really feel, if so, you need a kind of brainwash by the... Um, Washing of the water in the Word. Uh, we need our minds washed by the Word of God. We need our mind cleansed, cleansed by the divine speaking. There's no other way. I cannot convince you uh, to think a certain way. But the Lord's Word has the transformative power and the sanctifying power. 
So just take the Lord's work. Read the Bible. Uh, study the ministry uh, with an open heart, with an open spirit. Uh, let this work do the working, do the washing of your mind. And you will soon see that all that is out there is just something secular, something worldly. Uh, uh, that's all. No. We uh, follow the God-ordained concept and the God-ordained way. And that is God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. And man is the head of the woman. That is not right or wrong. That is simply God-ordained. And when we are confronted with something God-ordained as the human beings, as God's creatures, uh, as even the more his believers, his saints, we have only one job to do, and that is to say a resounding Amen. Amen, the Word of God. Amen, God's ordination. Amen, the divine order. Sister, you want blessing from the Lord? Do that. You just amen God in this way. You will be blessed. You'll be in the right place. And the Lord's blessing will flow even to you and even through you. Trust me. Trust me. I told you already, I wish I would become a sister. That means what? That means, you know, obviously not physically, but that means I, through the ministry, also realize one thing, and that is God is the unique male in this universe, and the man that he created is the unique female he wants to marry, to be his counterpart. God doesn't want another man. Well, you say, how? what about the one new man? Well, that's another, another story, okay? But God, as the fulfillment of, you know, the type of Adam, Christ, is after a bride. God is after a spouse, a counterpart. That is what will happen in the new Jerusalem in eternity future when the bride, the spirit, which is the ultimate consummation of the triune God, will have a bride, which is the ultimate consummation of the created, of, excuse me, chosen, created, uh, redeemed, regenerated, sanctified, transformed, and even glorified man. That man became the bride. The process God is the husband. The process man is the bride. And that is the universal divine romance. Am I right? So, sisters, uh, as such, even we brothers are women. We brothers should be the female in God's eyes. Uh, all of us. That means every one of us should live a, a life of submission. 
to our head, to our God. A, okay, submission is what God demands from us. Number two, that we will live a life of dependency, right? Not independence. The male life is an independent life. The female life is a dependent life. God doesn't want any of us to declare independence to him. God wants all of us to be have a declaration of dependence on him. That is a female life. I then by living such a female life and being such a female, we will be a satisfaction to him. Right? In love. That means we'll become his wife, God's wife, his counterpart. And number two, we will also become and what? An extension, enlargement, or an expression of him. Uh, we have this saying that the woman is the better half. Well, maybe we better let God say that, right? Uh, we would always say our husband Christ is the better half. We are the matching half to him. Well, anyway, in this universe, God's economy is to gain such a God-man uh, marriage, uh, such a mingling uh, of God with man, uh, ending and consummating with such a universal marriage. Well, dear sisters, uh, maybe I have... Um, rambled on too much. Uh, this is my first time talking to the sisters. I'm just opening my heart to you and somewhat just kind of uh, uh, setting up a, a background. Now, uh, this morning with the uh, remaining time, uh, I would like to uh, share something with you in a particular way. Um, <clears throat> And that is to uh, survey with you, to study with you, albeit somewhat generally because of the time limitation. Um, the women, the women who were with the Lord. Maybe this would be a good title. Uh, the women who were with the Lord. Um, of course, this means the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, if you read and study the New Testament carefully, especially the Gospels, all four Gospels, and then even the Epistles, even the Epistles, um, and particularly, I would say, the Epistle to Romans, actually, the Romans is called the fifth gospel. It is the gospel of Paul. You know, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Paul. Paul had his epistle too, and that is Romans. And by reading these epistles, and you have wedged in there the book of Acts, right? So let's include that. It's in these books that we will see um, 
the life of these women um, who were with the Lord. And hopefully by studying this, sisters, we will know uh, who we should be, what kind of women we should be, or what kind of sisters we should be. Uh, there's a lot of revelation here, a lot of light here. Now, we don't have the time. This actually requires a whole conference, if you will. Um, but let us just do a kind of a, uh, a brief survey of this. I hope we will have a kind of impression, a deep impression based on this. And hopefully, my hope is with this kind of a view, um, the Lord would be able to uh, move in you, uh, work in you, uh, enlighten you, uh, to gain you and possess you, dear sisters, and to uh, adjust you, I would even say, or uh, to calibrate you, uh, to position you uh, in a fresh way, in a new way. When I say you, I mean you individually and you corporately, as a group. For what purpose? So that the Lord can move on, can move in an unprecedented way, in a mighty way, uh, yet in a, way, in, in a way of life and spirit, uh, and even in a God-ordained way, to build up his testimony there in the Boston area, to enlarge himself, that testimony, in the Boston area. Oh, sisters, this is a great thing. It's something very much on the heart of the co-workers. I can testify to you. I'm talking about the Boston area. And certainly it is very much in my heart as well. And no need to say, and all the leading brothers, responsible brothers, where you are. And by the way, do stand with them. Do pray for them. Do support them. All right? Your role is too, too critical. And I also would like to charge you, whatever we share and cover this morning, spread it. Find another sister who's not there. Find a younger sister. Uh, share this with them. I don't know whether this message is recorded or not, but share this word. Broadcast this word. And I surely hope the Lord will give us more opportunities for more similar fellowship. Now let's come back. Um, when we say the women who were with the Lord Jesus, we're talking about the women who followed him. The women who were with him. And when he was physically on the earth, they were physically with him. Physically with him. And after the Lord was resurrected and ascended, uh, they were with him for a while when the Lord was still on the earth. 
And of course, the Lord had, in resurrection, became the Spirit to uh, and breathed himself into the disciples, including the women. And from then on, they would learn to follow the Lord and be with the Lord in spirit. In spirit. And uh, in a very good sense, today, the Lord Jesus is still here. You agree with me? Uh, in our spirit, one with us, one with all the believers. And today, actually, the very Christ uh, is no longer the physical Christ, not even just the pneumatic Christ. Today, the very Christ is the corporate Christ. We call it the body Christ in 1 Corinthians 12, right? So also is the Christ. So today, the women, actually even there in Acts, in Romans, they were still the women who were with the Lord. Except the Lord then is not the physical Jesus anymore, but the church. Have you ever thought that the church is the corporate Christ? The church is the Lord Jesus today. That to love the Lord is to love the church. To follow the Lord is to follow the church. To be with the Lord is to be with the church. Do you realize this? Oh, I hope you do. I hope you do. You will see the church with the saints. You will recognize the church with the saints as the Lord as the Lord and you will treat and handle and minister to and serve the church with the saints just like these women with the physical Jesus once upon a time oh dear sisters this demands a certain view a certain revelation and I hope you will get that this morning. Now, the Lord Jesus went through a process. First, the process of incarnation. Incarnation. That is the first step. God becoming flesh. God mingle with man. In Jesus, Emmanuel. Alright? So, I'm trying to walk us through where the Lord was first. Then we'll find out how the women were with the Lord. Step by step and station by station. Then, after the Lord's birth, the Lord, and even after His growth, the Lord Jesus lived a human life. That human living, you may say, is the Lord's second station. The Lord, the second step of the Lord Jesus process. What a rich step 
this was. So much. That's in all the four Gospels. Um, from Especially from his coming out at age 30 to minister until three and somewhat years later when he was killed and crucified. He lived. He moved. He served. He ministered. And he worked. And sisters, that is where the Lord, that is where the Lord was. You want to be with the Lord? You have to be with him in incarnation and birth. You have to be with him in his human living and his earthly ministry. Let's move on. Then the Lord went to the next station, or moved to the next stage. What is that? That is his crucifixion. His crucifixion, or his death. What a step. What a step. This all-inclusive death of Christ, which worked out and accomplished redemption, which terminated everything of the old creation. Such a step, such a step that dealt with everything negative in this universe. Oh, I tell you, the cross of Jesus, the death of Christ, the crucifixion of this God-man. Sisters, the women were there. By being there, they were one with the Lord in his death. The next step, it seems like a small step, but that is the step between death and resurrection. And that is the step of the Lord's burial. The Lord was not only crucified, the Lord was buried. In this step, I'd like to impress you, according to record, the Lord was there. I mean, the women were there. After this, the Lord resurrected. My goodness, resurrection. In this resurrection, I'll tell you, the women were there again with the Lord, one with the Lord in resurrection. And then after that resurrection, the Lord ascended. I'll tell you, even in ascension, the women were there. And that ascension, sisters, was not just a one-time event when the Lord physically was lifted up in the clouds. But that ascension began the Lord's heavenly ministry, which continued, listen, for 2,000 years now. In all these 2,000 years, perhaps not the biblical women, but women nevertheless in the Lord throughout the ages, 
throughout time in this age of grace, in this age of the church, were with the Lord. And they were firstly signified by those before the Pentecost in Acts 1. And with so many others that I mentioned as an example in the church life, whether it was in Rome or in Philippi or in other places. They were with the Lord in ascension. And of course, these women were with the Lord in the church or even as the church, if I may say so. Now, the Lord Jesus went through all these steps, all these steps, from incarnation to ascension. And it is by these steps, or through these steps, this God-man fulfilled God's economy, accomplish God's economy. By that, by that, God is able to gain what he was after through this God-man. Well, I think more or less you all should know this, right? Now this morning, my burden is to impress on you again that in all this process and in all these steps, sisters, the women were there. Sometimes even the men was not there, but the women were. This shows us, this shows us how important it is for the sisters to be one with the Lord, to be one with what the Lord went through, to be one with the Lord's processes. That means to be one with the Lord in God's full economy. This is what it means. To do this, sisters, there is one need. This one need is that you would what? You would be open. You would be open to this Lord, to God, to the Lord. Um, you would have an open spirit. You would have an open heart. Um, you will just have an open being as an open vessel to God and to this Christ. You would set your whole being on this one. 
from incarnation all the way to ascension. You have only one desire, that is to see Him, to know Him. You know, that little Him, have, have thou seen Him, heard Him, known Him, is not thine a capture heart. Sisters, to be able to follow this Jesus all this way, to be with him, thick and thin, through his entire process. You have to see him to this extent. No one, no one that have not seen the Lord would follow the Lord in this kind of, I say, crazy way. These women, these women were crazy. They were absolutely out of their minds. They were crazy, but they were crazy, and they did crazy things because they have seen this one. They were not goaded to do anything. They were not forced to do anything. Like uh, this morning, you came to this meeting. I trust that you're not just uh, compelled to come. If there's any compelling, it's an inward one. You have seen him. You have heard him. You've known him. And sisters, you love him. You just love the Lord Jesus to the uttermost. That love, that love, based on the revelation you receive of him, of how beloved he is, how lovely he is, how beautiful he is, how wonderful he is, this Lord Jesus caused you to want to abandon everything, to follow him, and to be with him all the way, all the way. Sisters, I just don't know. I have no utterance. I just have a feeling, a very deep feeling. But everywhere in the Lord's recovery, we would have sisters that takes the lead based on what they have seen and known because of their openness, because of their seeking, their deep and prevailing seeking. They would what? They would love the Lord with all of their heart. They would seek the Lord with their whole being. They would give themselves to the Lord to follow Him every step. You will see, they would not even let the Lord out of their sight. Can you believe that? They, just to know is not good enough for them, it seems. They would not let the Lord Jesus out of their sight. I mean, of course, that was the, they, were, they were physically with the Lord. 
And eventually these ones were one with the Lord in everything that the Lord went through. Today, sisters, although we cannot be with the Lord physically in that way, but I would like to tell you, all of us can experience that in the Spirit. To be with the Lord in that way, in the Spirit. If there are such sisters, if there are such sisters populating the Lord's recovery, oh, I tell you, the Lord's recovery will be different, will be blessed, will be so, so enriched. It will prevail. It will be so prevailing. I know it. I believe it. It awaits the sisters to rise up. Brother Lee once said that, sisters, you should not take the lead uh, administratively in, in the church. In so many things, no, sisters, it's not your place to take the lead. But he did say, the sisters, however, should take the lead in spiritual things, such as in loving the Lord, in pursuing the Lord, in following the Lord, even in a household, in a family, uh, even in a marriage, the sister can take the lead in that way. Not positionally, but in the matter of loving the Lord, I say, seeking the Lord, following the Lord, and serving the Lord. You can take the lead. And you should. Now, I'll just walk us through a little bit. This morning I don't even have verses for you because there's so many of them. Uh, so my assignment to you is read the Gospels, right? <laughs> um, all the way through Romans. At the Lord's birth. At the Lord's birth. Um... Of course, mainly, you have Mary, the mother of the Lord, there. But this Mary actually represents the other women. Although there were other women in those times. I mentioned already you have uh, uh, Anna, who prayed. Uh, you have Elizabeth. Uh, you know, Mary's cousin who gave birth to John the Baptist, right? Um, who have something to do with the Lord's birth. Um, you have all these ones. But particularly, particularly, you have Mary. Okay. Mary was not only there at the Lord's birth. Mary gave birth to the Lord Jesus. So it was not only the birth of Jesus, but I tell you, even the conception of the Lord Jesus. Nine months as a virgin. Now, 
I am not here to give the stories or get into the details. Again, I urge you, of course, to read the Bible, read the Word, read your recovery version, and especially read the life studies concerning, you know, this part of the Lord's history. But there was the women. In fact, this one woman is just key to the Lord's incarnation. He was a virgin. Excuse me. She was a virgin. Um, a pure one. An undefiled one. One who has not known men. Uh, even as I'm mentioning these things, sisters, we should apply this to ourselves. She was one who, who knew uh, something of the scriptures. So she anticipated that. And from her prayer, later on you know, that she knew what exactly what was happening to her. She knew the scriptures. And then she was uh, open. She was an open vessel when the angel came, Gabriel, to announce to her that she will be conceived. She will conceive of the Holy Spirit. She was open. And that was a shameful thing, by the way, sisters, to, 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 you know, to, be a, to, to conceive before you marry. She was willing to suffer the shame. She was also submissive, totally submissive to God, to the Word of God. He said, be it done to me according to your word. I'm the handmaiden. All of this were there with this Mary. And because of this, she shared in the Lord's birth. All that line of life that began in the Old Testament ended with Mary. Ended with Mary who gave birth to the Lord Jesus and fulfilled all the prophecies of Christ in the Old Testament. Christ's birth in the Old Testament. Sisters, we are here, or you are here, to do the same. That the Lord would be conceived in you and I again. That we would give birth, quote-unquote, to the Lord. And that's our job. You know that in the church life? Is to give birth to the Lord Jesus. Is to conceive Christ and bring forth Christ to men, to the unbelievers, to the saints, in the church life. But if you are not with the Lord in His conception in this way, you can never fulfill your function. <clears throat> so, in spirit, be one with the Lord. Be one with the Lord. 
in his incarnation. Allow the spirit to come in, to mingle with your spirit. That's the womb where Christ is conceived. And let your soul, right, rejoice because that's where this, the Lord, is expressed, is brought forth. Let your whole being be ready to cooperate with Him. You would not be shamed, not afraid to be what? To be shameful, to bear His reproach. As long as you can bring the Lord Jesus into mankind. Dear sisters, uh, we even talk about the gospel. The gospel is to bring forth Christ in a human being. It's not just to save someone. It's to bring forth Jesus in another human being. And you have to be those who are one with the Lord in his incarnation to be able to do so. This is something very, very subjective, something very, very intimate. I mean, you're talking about conception and birth. So your experience of the Lord, with the Lord, has to be so deep. To be one with Him. I mean, I like this hymn. Now, I ask the brothers to ask you to sing this hymn. One with the Lord in His incarnation. Pray this way, sisters, when you're with the Lord. Lord, I would like to be such woman, such a virgin, such a Mary among many. I would have these qualities by your mercy so that I can bring you forth in this line of life again and again. There's still so many that needs to be born. Christ still need to be given birth in so many new ones, right? On the campus, in the community. Who will do that? Who will do that? Those women who are one with the Lord in his incarnation. Let's move on. In the Lord's, well, let me just say something here. Uh, as long as I'm on Mary, the mother, it was not only this bringing forth of Jesus, but the raising up of Jesus. The raising up of Jesus. He was there. She was there, excuse me. She trained the Lord Jesus. She nurtured the Lord Jesus. And to brought Jesus forth you know, into manhood. Sisters, to do this in the church life, to not only bring forth the Lord in others, but to raise them up. This is to raise up the Lord in others, to cause the Lord Jesus to grow in others, to help others to grow in life. As a mother, I tell you, we have to what? Be with the Lord. We have to be with the Lord. 
you have to know what a baby Jesus is like. You have to know how to feed a small Jesus. You have to know how to perfect and teach a growing Jesus in the believers. Right? You have to do that. Now, let us go on. Then in the Lord's whole human living. Oh, my goodness. You know, usually we think, you know, in my mind's eye, I have this picture. The Lord Jesus is here. And there's this 12 people behind him, you know, just wherever he goes, like these 12 would follow him. That was my concept. You read the Bible, that's wrong. That's not the case. Then you say, whoa, okay, probably you have these thousands of people who follow the Lord, who were fed by him. Well, from time to time, but the Bible tells us a lot of these things didn't read. These people did not follow the Lord. They just followed the Lord because of miracle food, you know. <laughs> Once they've eaten, they stop following the Lord. Eventually, there are two groups of people that follow him. Number one, the disciples. Surely the disciples follow him, especially the twelve. But you read in Luke 8, especially I just refer you to Luke chapter 8, verses 2 and 3 there, you'll find a group of women. A group of women actually follow the Lord wherever he went. And this group of women included especially those who were cured by the Lord in their infirmities, who had demons cast out of them, including Mary Magdalene. But you also have some others whose names are like Susanna, like Joanna, Johanna. These ones who have even something to do with Herod's, with Herod, you know, the, the government. Some of these women probably are people of a high position uh, or in prominent households. This group, there's a group of women that actually follow the Lord Jesus to minister to Christ and to minister to those who follow Christ. There was, there was a group of women following the Lord wherever the Lord went in those three and a half years. Sisters, you have to be with the Lord in his human living. To pray, Lord Jesus, in your, I want to be one with you in your human living. He say, where did the Lord live? The Lord says, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. If you follow the Lord Jesus and one with him in his human living, you'll be without much comfort. You'll be, with, you'll be somewhat homeless. You'll be following him around, moving with him wherever he may go. You know, today, that's how we should be following the Lord on the earth. You may have be a high-class 
from a high-class household. You may be a low-class woman like Mary the Magdalene. Whatever it may be, you're saved. You're healed. Now you're following the Lord. You just go wherever the Lamb would go. You will leave your rich life. You will leave your low life, high life, low life. You will just be with the Lord wherever He goes. To minister to Him and to minister to those who serve Him. I really like this picture. You know, today we're talking about migration. To live a sojourner's life. A life of the altar and the tent. You know what that life is? That life is a life one with Christ in His human living. So whatever the Lord experience, you experience. Whatever the Lord taught, you hear. Whatever the Lord did, you witness. You're with Him. The Lord would not hold back anything from you. The Lord would not hide anything from you because you're with Him. You're so seeking. You just want to be one with Him all the way. That's how these women were. And Luke 8 is just a general picture. You will see the particular stories, right? Um, let's say I, I just mentioned one of Mary Magdalene, Magdalene, the one who had demons cast out of him. And you know the famous story in um, Matthew 26, in Mark 14, that before the Lord was crucified, this woman, this woman, would seize the opportunity to break the alabaster box, valuable, uh, and anoint the Lord's feet with her tears in Simon the leper's house. And he was, she was derided by those around saying why this waste the Lord says came to her defense you you talk to the men have the poor in your heart but you don't have me in your heart always this woman had done a noble thing he sees her, she sees the opportunity to anoint me before my burial. And then the Lord said, wherever the gospel is preached, the story of this woman must be told. What story is this, sisters? It's the story of gratitude, a story of love, a story of consecration, a story of pouring out everything on this lovely Jesus.
That's the story. Our gospel is not the gospel of salvation. Our gospel, sisters, is a gospel of consecration. And this Mary the Magdalene, probably besides the Lord's mother, is the one who was with the Lord the most. Who loved the Lord the most and sought the Lord the most. I'll say something later on. Well, I'll say it now. You know, after the Lord died, after they took his body down, you know, by the rich man, and put in a tomb that was fresh, and it says the women were there, um, and it says the women, including Mary the Magdalene and others, prepared the spices and the ointment, as was the custom, to anoint the rich, the, the, the rich dead persons. And it says the next morning, and the morning of resurrection, they all came to the tomb in order to anoint the Lord. But it says the tomb was empty. You know, sisters, they lost the opportunity, or most lost the opportunity of anointing the Lord. Except this Mary Magdalene. She did it before the Lord died. Before the Lord was buried. The Lord said that. The Lord said that this woman is wise. Sisters, be one who is with the Lord wherever he went on the earth. And Mary the Magdalene did that because she actually heard the Lord speaking. You think she just kind of broke the alabaster box and just poured the oil on without any knowledge? No. She knew who this one was. And she knew he was going to be crucified because the Lord Jesus told his disciples at least three times, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. She, he told them. And she must be within earshot of that. She heard the Lord. She heard the Lord. Sisters, if you are not with the Lord, how can you hear her? Hear him? And if you don't hear him, how will you know to pour out on him? What is the morning revival? Morning revival is not a religious duty we do in the morning. Sisters, you need to spend time with the Lord. To be with Him above all else. To listen to Him. So I mentioned another case of another Mary. Right? Mary and Martha. And there... You know the famous story. Mary sat at the Lord's feet. And he had the better portion. You can read the footnote. She sat at the Lord's feet. 
calmly, quietly, so that she can hear the Lord, and by hearing the Lord's word, she can enter in could enter into the Lord's feeling and to know the Lord's mind. Sisters, to follow the Lord in this way means you take the time. You spend the time to be with the Lord. Sisters, you have to take the lead to do this. You cannot just be a busy sister, just a busy mom, doing this and doing that. There's a, there, there, there's, I'm not saying you should shirk your responsibility. You should not do your duty with your children, taking care of your husband and in the church life, but you must find time to be with the Lord, to hear His Word again, to know His heart, And I say again, only one who loves the Lord so desperate will the Lord disclose his heart to her. <clears throat> so spend time with the Lord. The inner time, the private time, have conversations with the Lord, sisters private, personal, intimate conversations. Let the Lord reveal His heart to you. And you pour out everything on Him before that day. The Lord is coming again. At that time, everyone will acknowledge Him and will worship Him. Sisters, we will do it today. Let the world accuse us and say that we're wasting our time, wasting our days, wasting our money, wasting our energy. Sisters, I know in a marriage, usually it's the woman who holds the purse strings. You have the checkbook. Yeah, it's okay. But where is the finances going? Are you holding it for yourself? Just for your family? Are you wasting it on the Lord? Sisters, your time, three things, your time, your energy, and your finance, that's everything. Will they be wasted on the Lord? Um, then there is this other side besides listening to him spending time with him you must fight for that time sisters you must fight for that time you would also move with him this is the other aspect of being with the Lord you minister to him you serve him so this classic debate of is Martha better or Mary better? Well, I would like to say we need to be both. 
there's a dear sister who uh, from Taiwan and she wanted to have an English name eventually she got herself a very peculiar name and that name is a combo name of Mary and Martha neither Mary nor Martha but both and she called herself Maritha I think I like that some sisters say I'm not Martha that that's for just the busy ladies I am Mary I just sit here and listen to the Lord I don't serve I don't cook I don't do anything no you're imbalanced you need to be a Mary but you also need to be a Martha you know these women who follow the Lord to minister to the Lord they minister to the Lord out of their possessions some of them are from rich households I have to believe they probably prepare food for the Lord and the disciples they probably took care of their clothing they, 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 they wear I, I, I somewhat believe that You know, we have this idea, oh my, these 12 apostles, Matthew, James, John, Peter, wow, these strong men. Well, I tell you, strong men, when they have no food, will not be strong men anymore. <laughs> Someone cooked for them. It was these women. It was these women. They minister. Sisters, not just be a Mary, be a Martha. Be a Martha who serves the Lord. Without that food, the Lord Jesus would have no strength to speak and Mary would have no strength to sit. So, follow the Lord by ministering to Him. I mentioned already about migration. Do we, are we living on the earth just for ourselves? Or are we here on the earth to move with the Lord, to follow Him? Are we one with the Lord's human living? And I would say one more thing here. To be one with the Lord's human living is just to live Christ. To let Christ live again in humanity that's in you and in me Paul charged two women in Philippi who had a bit of a problem Yodis and Syntyche apparently they have some rivalry or some discord between these two sisters Paul said help them help these two women to think the same thing you know what that same thing is? That same thing, if you read the book of Philippians, is to experience Christ and to live Christ, to magnify Christ. Sisters, in the church life, you don't need to be this or be that. It's ugly in a church life to see a sister who wants to be prominent, who want to dictate things 
who want to control things, who's opinionated. It's an ugly thing. In this church, what we need are patterns, sister patterns, of those who just live the Lord. They just live Christ. As Christ lived, so they live. As I live, you will live also. If any man eats me, he will live because of me. Sisters, in the church, we just learn to live the Lord as he lived. So that his aromatic virtues would express his lovely attributes. In the church, we need sisters who just live the Lord. Live out the Lord in all the virtues. And you can go to Philippians 4 to find what those virtues are. Just live Christ, sisters. Don't think that's such a deep matter. Just enjoy the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Love the Lord. And live the Lord. And serve the Lord. This is how we're one with Him. In the Spirit. In His human living. I must be quick. Then in crucifixion, the Lord died on the cross. Where were the women? Do you remember? I tell you, the women were there. The, the men fled. You know that? The disciples all scattered. When the Lord was crucified, was hung on the cross, he says the women stood there from a bit of distance, of course. It says they were there to observe that whole scene. They were looking. They were gazing. They were taking it in. And of course, later on, you have the Lord Jesus, Mother, Mother Mary, who actually went to the foot of the cross. And that's where the Lord told her that John, you know, will become her son. And she will become John's mother. That, to understand that, you have to read that little booklet, The Loving Mothers in the Church Life, on the transfer of life. Marvelous, marvelous. But I don't want to go there. Sisters, at the Lord's death, the women were there watching the Lord's death. They would not leave the Lord's death. What does this mean? Dear saints, be one with the Lord in his death. Be one with the Lord's cross. Die with the Lord. Be terminated along with him. Don't live your life, your natural life, your human life. Die to that. Let the cross work to terminate you, to terminate your flesh, to terminate your old man, to terminate your natural life. 
Let the cross, the death of the Lord, work in you. This sweet death of the Lord. The myrrh, the cashew, let that work in you. When you want to rise up in your soul, let the death work. When you want to lose your temper, let the death work. When you want to express your natural life, let the death work. I thought men were strong. I found out the women can be stronger. We all need the cross of Christ to work in us. A beautiful church is a church where there's no or little opinions. Um, not, not much noise. The building up of a church, I said already, depends on sisters. I'll tell you, the destruction of a church also depends on the sisters. I know I've been through several storms. And the last big storm in the late 80s, I was in the eye of the hurricane. And I saw not only brothers cause the problem. I tell you, some sisters became this real damage. In fact, they went from house to house to damage the saints. When Satan is unleashed, it is especially terrible when it's unleashed through the female life. Now, please receive my word in a proper way. I'm not here to denigrate. I'm not here to put down the sisters at all. But I'll tell you, if you read the ministry, the warnings about Eve, right? Uh, about so many women. Lot's wife, do you remember Lot's wife? And others, you will see the warning. Eve opened the door to Satan to come in by her responding to the satanic question by her uncovering herself. Sisters, die to your opinions. Die to your gossip, which is just the expression of opinions. Die to a lot of talk. Die to a lot of criticism of the church, of the brothers, of the saints. Die to them. Don't even let that beast come out from the bottomless pit. You just lock up that pit and throw the keys away. And Brother Lee told us very clearly, the gates of Hades is locked up by the denying of the self in Matthew 16. That's the key. What is the key to lock up Satan 
lock up the evil spirits. It's the cross of Christ. It's the denial of the self. So in the church life, in your marriage life, in the family life, sisters, be with the Lord at the cross, at the foot of the cross. Be in that scene. Live all the time in the in the shadow, under the shadow of that cross. Do not live your life. <clears throat> live by another life. This is the real God man. When the sisters take the lead to die this way, all kinds of wonderful things of life will happen in the church. Trust me. Trust me. If no death, no life. Life alone from death releases. If no death, no life. The more we die, the more life will be ministered in the church. The more the sisters die, the more the church life will be filled with life, filled with glory. It's very, very practical. And the way, of course, to die is to be in the spirit. Don't try to commit suicide. It doesn't work. Remain in the spirit and you will partake of all the rich elements of Christ's all-inclusive death in that holy anointing oil. Our death is ugly. Christ's death is always sweet. I have seen that. I've seen sisters like that. So appreciate that. Don't spend so much time talking. Spend more time to pray. Pray. Sisters are fine. Sisters are thorough. So when they let go, watch out. But that fineness and thoroughness should be transformed for prayer, for shepherding, for speaking Christ. All right. In the burial of the Lord, they were there again. It's so interesting. It says the men buried him. But it says those sisters sat there and watched the whole thing in burial. In Romans 6, it says, we are, we not only die with Christ, we are buried together with him in baptism. So this is actually an extension of the Lord's death. So remain, sisters, in the grave. Remain in the reality of that death. That is the burial. And there, they anointed, the men anointed his body, such fragrance. Oh, when everybody dies in the church, that church is fragrant. That church is sweet. Let's move on. Not only at the burial, they were there and to watch the Lord. 
right? You can read. It's in Luke, okay? Uh, I'm certainly not making this up. Then, oh, hallelujah, in resurrection. In resurrection that morning, who were there first? The women. The women went there to try to find his body so they can anoint it. Of course, they couldn't find it. The Lord had resurrected. And the men also went likewise. And the, Lord, the men saw the empty tomb and they say, okay, that's it, let's go back. But the sisters remain, especially again, one Mary Magdalene. She would not go. She not, would not go. And then they saw the earthquake. They saw the angel showing up. They heard from the angel telling them, he is not here, he is resurrected. But even with that view of the angel, she would still not leave. Can, can you see this? She would be just, she would not let the Lord go. She, she, nothing will satisfy her except one sight of the Lord. This is Mary. And so much so the Lord was forced, that's my word, to show up. Sort of to get rid of her. You know what I mean? Not really. But to what? To respond to her deep seeking. The Lord showed up. The Lord revealed himself even before he presented himself to the Father in the third heavens. Even before he ascended to the Father as a first fruit for the Father's enjoyment, he would show himself to the seeking sister. My goodness, oh, I tell you, I tell you, I, I don't know what to say. She couldn't touch the Lord. The Lord said, you cannot touch me because I have yet to ascend. But you can see me and you can hear me. What a reward. Sisters, we don't need any reward. This is good enough. Just to see the resurrected Christ. Just to hear him is good enough. Is it good enough for you? And so she ran back to tell the other disciples. This means in resurrection. She what? She not only saw the Lord, but she testified of the Lord. Your sisters, you don't need to give necessarily some very deep speaking in the prophesying meeting or in your group meeting in your home. You know what we need? Lot of testifying sisters who saw the resurrected Christ. They may not know a lot of doctrine, but they saw the person. That testimony is what will convince the brothers. That testimony is what will convince the congregation. I know that many times the sisters speaking will much more 
enjoyable than the brothers. The brothers, they just give these high, high truth. You know what I mean? But the sisters would not only give some truth, they gave the experience. They, they, they tell the saints what, whom they saw that morning, whom they met that week. They testify. But again, sisters, if we don't have this kind of time with the Lord, if we don't follow the Lord, if we don't seek Him like this, we have nothing to say. We come to the meeting, we're just dumb. We're with the new ones, we're just dumb. We have no experience. So, be with the Lord in resurrection. And of course, in resurrection, the Lord is the pneumatic one. The one who is the spirit in our spirit. So, touch the spirit. Contact the Lord in the spirit. Experience Him as the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Set your mind on the Spirit. And you experience Him. And you have much to tell. Much to tell. Much to say. To the others. Now, let's go on. In Ascension, later on Paul said, 500 were there who saw the Lord ascended. You have to believe there were the sisters there. There were the sisters there. And in Acts 1, I mentioned already, right after that ascension, they all came back, 120, to that upper room in Jerusalem to await the Pentecost. And I like that verse, verse 14. It says they continue to pray steadfastly in one accord. And the Holy Spirit made the point to say with the women. With the women. In ascension, the church's top cooperation with the head is prayer. Bar none. Prayer. And when prayer was mentioned, and that first prayer ushered in, for ten days by the way, ten days, brought in the Pentecost. That prayer was specifically with the women. Sisters, you have to be one with the ascended Christ by prayer. Actually, the most important meetings of the church life are two. Number one, the Lord's table. Number two, the prayer. Today, it is so easy that we despise the prayer meeting. We may come to the table meeting to remember the Lord, and that's good. But it's so easy for us to neglect the prayer meeting. So in the prayer meeting, the number is usually the smallest. A handful. Sisters, oh, sisters, to be one with the ascended head is to pray. We need the sisters' prayer. Sisters, we need 
your prayer. If there is a top ministry of the sisters, it must be prayer. Hannah's prayer brought in Samuel. These sisters praying brought in the Pentecost. And you have to study Hannah's prayer. What prayer that was. Um, I would also like to say it would be good in all the churches there. Newton, Boston, Cambridge. Apart from the Tuesday or Wednesday night prayer, church prayer. That you can go to. You say, how about the kids? You can do something with the kids. You can rotate your babysitting. Uh, it's not right that every sister have to babysit their own kids so that no sisters can be available. In our early days, it was never like that. Sisters rotate babysitting so that more sisters can go to the prayer meeting. I know uh, on a weekday night, it's not easy. But if you have the burden, you have the heart, you will be there. That is the top meeting of the church. And besides that, I hope that in all the churches during the day, some sisters can come together to pray, to have the sisters' prayer time. Now, I like to say that that prayer meeting is not just some sisters' initiation. It should be the brothers. It should be a meeting of the church. They call the sisters to come together to pray. Wednesday morning, Tuesday morning, or Thursday morning, at least one morning for one hour, the sisters would come to be one with the Lord in his ascension to pray. Pray for what? My goodness. Pray for the Lord's recovery. Pray for the church. Pray for the Lord's servants, the co-workers. Pray for the gospel. Pray for the homes. Pray for the saints. Okay, I'll stop here. Now, finally, I know it's getting to 12 o'clock already. Today I'm speaking extra long. I hope you're okay. You look like, you look like you're still awake. That's good. Um because I'm, I, I'm not done until this last point here. <clears throat> then, I will say today, still in the ascension, but particularly in the church life. In the church life. And that's why I mentioned Romans 16. You have these women there. Phoebe, <clears throat> Prisca, Mary, Persis, Rufus' mother, and so on. All these name ones were in the church life. I have to believe these are ones who were following the Lord Jesus, as I described to you this morning. <clears throat> so they were active in the church. They were the indispensable ones in the church life, according to Paul. He would name their names to greet them specifically. Now, what's my point here? My point with these sisters, with these women, were that they 
sacrifice their lives. They risk their necks for the church. For the church. For the saints. And they open their homes, especially in the case of Prisca, for the church. Her home is not hers, her little nest. Her home is open for the church meetings. The church met in their house. And they were the laboring ones. Mary who labored in the Lord. They labored. And then you have Phoebe, who was a patroness. The word is he, she was a patroness. That means she was a hostess, a nurse. Um, she took care of the needs of the saints in the church physically. And I have to believe spiritually as well. And also you have Rufus' mother whom Paul says, also she's my mother. That means this one must have taken care of the Lord's servants. Sisters, do you see this beautiful picture of the women in the church life? They were there following the Lord in the church to do all these things. And this is where I will end. Now, you have a panoramic view, a comprehensive view of the women who follow the Lord Jesus, who were one with Christ and his church, who lived a life in oneness with the Lord. <clears throat> and by this way, they were in full coordination with God to carry out God's economy in the church life. Sisters, today, I believe the Lord is doing the same thing. And I believe in many places there are these sisters. But I like to see more. And I like to see the intensity level rise. In the Boston area, the Lord wants to do a lot. I guarantee you that. There's much that the Lord wants to do. And the brothers are having a lot of fellowship these days. And there will be conferences. There will be speaking to guide and lead the church in the God-ordained way so that the Lord can spread and increase and grow in that whole New England area. All of, in all of this, sisters, you are indispensable. You are critical. You are key. So I give this word to you this morning, a very broad word uh, covering a lot of things, uh, but I hope you get a picture here. I hope there will be the opportunity we can get into each one of these things in greater detail, but at least you've seen a view. Amen? Amen. How do you feel about such a fellowship?
Uh, now, I don't speak this to condemn you or to put you under a pile or to say tomorrow you have to become like this or that. No. I'm here merely taking away the veil, uh, revealing something to you that you should see. And I hope this will put a lot of hunger and thirst within you to be such, to aspire to be such women. And the church will be blessed. Okay, this is 12 noon, even a few minutes after. So I better stop here. I spoke way too long. Uh, but the, this is a rare opportunity. So, amen. 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 Uh, dear brothers, what should we do now? Uh, do you have, uh, maybe the sisters can spend some time to pray, uh, maybe two by two uh, or, or as one. Uh, and I don't know if there's any time for sharing. Um, uh, then you have to have some, some lunch together. I don't know. Maybe the brothers can take over from here. Okay. So I will, I will um, stop here, and I will say goodbye to you, and you just carry on. Amen. The Lord Jesus be with your spirit, sister. Amen. Grace be with you. Amen. May the Lord bless his churches with many women who follow the Lord Jesus Amen. in this way. Amen. Amen. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Amen.